Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We are here to talk about Insidious. We're beginning. Chapters one and two. One and two. The first half of the four film. As, as the yet franchise. four films. Insidious mm-hmm. franchise. franchise. I love it so much. Well, some. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get into that. But first, we just got back from seeing Evil Dead Rise. Oh, we went to see it in the theater. I think it just, did it just open this weekend or last weekend? I want to say last weekend. Yeah. yeah. But it was. It was so good. So, so, so good. Yeah. Lots of blood. Mm-hmm. Lots of callbacks. A, a, a hint of a little bit of humor, mm-hmm. um, but not like super campy. Mm-hmm. And really, really good effects and visuals. Yeah. Terrifying. Great setting. Yeah. I love the actress who plays the mommy. Mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So no, the great. whole cast was great. Like the three kids were well cast. And like mm-hmm. even just the smaller characters, the other people that lived on their floor. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, everybody was great. Yeah. And um, Katie and I were talking about it just before. I don't believe this really gives it away, but it's a set the settings in um, urban Los Angeles. So yeah. I, I like that change. And yeah. They're like, they're on the 13th floor of, yeah. of a building, like an yeah. old kind of very Rickety. mood setting building. Yes. And it's awesome. It's very like art deco and mm-hmm. I just love, I love it. It's uh, yeah. Highly recommend. 100% uh, go definitely. see it. Yeah. And I think it's fresh too, like ni- in the nineties. Yeah. It was so. really high. The last time I checked it though was before its release. And so the rating was only based on the um, critic reviews. There wasn't any, um, audience, audience scores yet. Okay. Well, so. hopefully they agree because they suck if they don't. Yeah. They don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. Yeah, what a bunch of dummies. <laughs> um, yeah. So go check it out. It was great. It was fantastic. I don't want to like give anything away, but no, normally <laughs> we're all about spoilers, but this is like yeah. days old. So. Yeah. We're not going to do that. <laughs> That's rude. Only with Barbarian. And we'll tell you about it. If yeah. We're give you plenty of warning. It. <laughs> okay. So what's, before we dive into this, what's new? We should need to talk about what's new with us. Yeah, we sure do. So, um, you go first. What's with you, Katie? Yeah. Uh, I haven't um, really talked to you in a minute. Yeah. Well, partly it, last weekend mm-hmm. I was in Reno for a volleyball tournament. Um, and uh, I I hate big volleyball tournaments. I don't know if I've complained well, about why? that. Um, They're so yeah. exciting. No, it's, it, it's crap. It's one of the many things that parents do because it makes their kids happy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like when, you know, parents that hate theme parks or hate Disneyland, but like still take their kids to Disneyland. And then, then you're focusing on all the ways that Disneyland truly does suck. Um, volleyball <laughs> yes. tournaments are the same way. Like you're only doing it because it makes your kid happy, but it's just bullshit on top of bullshit on top of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it, it wasn't fun. And then on top of that, they lost every single game. <sighs> so she that didn't is- <laughs> have a great time. She's like, this is trash. Yeah. So oh, it, was, no. it was a little rough. But the interesting thing was that like she she was struggling a little bit. Like this is a new team, a new coach. And um there were some there were some tears. There was some rough parts of the weekend, not necessarily because of the losing, but just the oh, overall everything that was going on that was kind of leading to the losing. And, um, you know, so it was like long, like kind of not adult talks, but the the kind of conversations you have with your kids where you're like kind of teaching them a little bit like, well, this is what life is like. And if you want this, you got to do this. And sometimes it's going to be like this. And that's part of this and this. And yeah. it's, sometimes you know, it's going to be grueling and it won't always be a win. Exactly. And so It'll like those, those conversations, like when your kids are hurting, when they're having a hard time with something and you are trying to guide them through that and like trying to help them learn how to manage that, because that's you know, their whole future is going to be dealing with stuff like that. It's a very emotionally draining element of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because my kids um, have been pretty self-sufficient since they were about like eight years old. So I haven't parented them in a lot of years. And just this month, I, um, you know, my I got my son, I think, through a break, his first breakup. Mm-hmm. And then having this weekend um, with Grace, I was like, man, this is like 
so much work. (laughs) (laughs) The big moments and the big feelings and traversing them and what do you do? And And some adults don't know how. So it's like, how do you teach them? They're starting to have adult life experiences and adult life disappointments and challenges. Not Um, just my my head fell off my Barbie doll, fix it. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Or I don't know how to use the toilet. Like, you know, this is, it's, it's, you know, more important, more significant and really, really emotional for you as well as them. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, I'm sure looking forward to lots more years of this. Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. You have even more ahead than I do. I do. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Bye. Um, so on that note, I hope it wasn't like mine, but what's new with you? Oh, no. Well, this week was very, very hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I are. Okay. So I, my elementary school, we have a teacher who was there for 34 years and she was going to retire this year mm-hmm. and, um, she didn't show up to work for a few days and, um, they found that she had passed away in her sleep. Oh, my God. So it was very shocking. We were planning her, like, retirement dinner. Um, She was both of my children. She was their teacher for first grade. Mm. I was her room parent for both years. Uh, She was a mentor to me during, like, student teaching stuff and always, like, had positive words for me and the kids. And um, it's a huge gap or a big, huge hole that's gone. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Yeah. We were just... We were we got had an emergency meeting and we were told and I actually I had like a little teary eyes. I'm like, this is new. Yeah, yeah. And this never I don't happens. feel feelings. <laughs> this never happens. So I'm just we're kind of like all in shock. Um, and the families were informed and the kids and I just really feel for the her class of you know twenty little six year old babies and then they're told your teacher died. Oh, my God. So I'm just like, that's so crushing. Because I kept thinking about my own children when they were in her class. Like, how devastating that would have been. Maybe they wouldn't have been able... Maybe they would have been like, oh, that's sad. And not really... But, like, definitely thought remembered. Yeah. Like, it will stay, probably. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Imprinted in their little minds. So they had uh, a bunch of counselors and people from the district office coming to support. And That's um, good. Yeah, everyone's just been kind of really bummed out and just it sucks so it's it's really hard for someone you see every day who's there uh suddenly is not anymore and i i'm really glad though because that i took this opportunity um she had an iep one day and um as a result her lunch was staggered into where when I have my lunch mm-hmm. and so I was chatting with her and I don't I don't get to talk to her that much because her lunch period it, is a different time than mine mm-hmm. so she was talking and stuff and we were chatting and I remember thinking I have so much to do oh, you know yeah. and I thought well she's retiring soon so I won't really get a chance to talk to her very much you know yeah. when she retires so I chatted with her for like half an hour more mm-hmm. and I'm really I was like okay have a good afternoon bye and she left and went back to her class and it's like I feel like it ended on a really good note. Like I would have probably had a lot of regrets if I was like, yeah. "Oh, I'm gonna, I have to go. Yeah. I have to go. Cut Got out, too much to do. I have to go cut out bleedy bugs. Like, really, how important <laughs> is that? Yeah. So you just have to think like, time is fleeting. Yeah. Talk, take the opportunities to talk to people and, and let them know, like, "Hey, I'm, I'm really glad I'm talking to you, or, or you're important to me." So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was really hard and. Life moves on, and we're doing an open house this weekend. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, so. I feel like this is the most depressing what's new with you we've ever done. <laughs> it has to be, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to start it out on a little bit of a low note, and you're going to take it even lower. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, our teacher died. Yeah, it sucks. So. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, too. But um, I had a f- drink last night with one of the third grade teachers, and we're like, let's pour one out for Miss Kale. <laughs> her name her, was Miss Kale. Miss Kale. Pour one out into her mouth. <laughs> oh, with the wine. We're like, oh, let's no. pour one out. We're not. Gonna, we're not going to actually pour it on the ground. But <laughs> this is wine. I'm not doing that. That's but. foolish. Yeah. Anyway, oh um, but let's get into talking about some scary movies. Some scary the, movies. This franchise that I love. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to talk about it. The, so. the genre that distracts us from all of the ills of actual, actual life. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to do the, the recap today for the um, original, the first movie just called Insidious. Um it, it's interesting because on um, if you go on IMDb, it does say that it was released in 2010. But then if you go and look more closely on the page, it says the release date is April 1st, 2011. And so... Um I looked into that because my Facebook memories popped up showing that on April 27th, 2011, so just this past Thursday, was 12 years to the day since I saw this in the theater. Mm -hmm. And I know, because from the Facebook post, that I went to see it alone. It was the first time I ever saw a movie alone in the theater. Wow. So I, like, had, you know, checked in at the theater on Facebook being like, first ever theater movie alone, seeing Insidious. Um, And it was, like, 12 years ago. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought it came out in 2010. And then I went and looked. So I don't know what the cause of the discrepancy is, but it was actually released, you know, a little later. Yeah. Then. In 2011. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a James Wan project, which we, yes, he's the best. I mean, not Aquaman. I mean, you know, if you it, love not, Aquaman, not, you, that's fine. But uh, <laughs> that's not I'm the t- source of our love for him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, he is responsible for so, so many projects that we love and franchises that we love. Um, so yeah, big fan of him. And this has also got a really killer cast, um, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne as the, um, parents. And then obviously the legendary Lynn Shay, um, is in there. Uh, Barbara Hershey, like speaking of legends, like Barbara Hershey. Yeah. Um, and then That's Ty crazy. Simpkins um, is in the, as a little boy who, you know, has done a good amount of work. He was in the Marvel Universe. He's in the Jurassic World Universe. So mm-hmm. um, we've got a really great cast for this, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the, um, you know, it starts with the opening credits. And then, you know, as we're going to continue through the franchise, the, the theme and style of the opening credits is consistent throughout all of the films. And it's very... Um, is a big part of the feel and, and the character of the of the movies. Um, it's kind of words drifting in and out in a ghostly way, um, and then that um, that just initial little bit melds into the image of a young boy asleep in bed. The camera pans slowly across his bedroom, ending on a window outside of which the face of a creepy old woman lurks. And then the title card blazes onto the screen, says "Insidious," and this is something else that they do in in all the movies, beginning and end, with this like trademark sound it's like strings like violin strings or like it's 33 33 really? violins like the, that are just like yeah, yeah. Where you're like ah. and it's very loud and startling and jarring yes because that because the the word insidious is like huge on the screen in blood red letters red. with this big startling noise yeah, font gigantic yeah. Um, And so then, you know, the credits continue with the names drifting across black and white images of the scenes in the movie to come. Um, The first actual scene begins with Renee, our mom, Rose Byrne's character, waking in bed next to her sleeping husband, Josh, who's Patrick Wilson. Um, She goes downstairs and chips away at the moving boxes scattered around their new house. Um, And her son, Dalton, appears. Dalton is Ty Simpkins. Um, She shares with Dalton a photo album and makes the passing comment that his dad is, quote, hopeless at keeping photos. So that's why they don't have any photos of Josh. Um, In the later morning chaos, we meet the rest of the family, which includes the younger son, Foster, and their baby sister, Callie. Um, that afternoon, um, Renee is working on composing her songs because she's a songwriter. Um, she's already seeing signs of infestation around the house. Like, you know, we've talked about in the past about um, demonic possession and things like that, where there's the three stages, the infestation, mm-hmm. oppression and possession. So this is just like, oh, these books are on the floor. Who threw these books on the floor? Right. I but, didn't do that. Yeah. Good mm. What gives? OK, well, um, whatever. Pick it up and move on. Following creaking noises around and things like that. So that's already starting to happen. Or like when I'm walking around my house and there's stuff everywhere, I'm like, these sons of bitches just leave shit everywhere. <laughs> when little do you know, it's, it's demons. It's demons. Oh, man. Um, revelations. So many revelations. You've just been ignoring. The demons have been trying really hard to get your attention. And I, yeah, I just think my family is a bunch of jerks. A bunch of assholes. <laughs> you, but you, you hate confrontation, so you haven't ever actually asked them. I'm just like, I'm just throwing in the trash, okay? This, this is what you think about your stuff. Ugh. They're like, I don't know why mom keeps throwing books away. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so that night, um, Dalton also is following noises um, himself up into the attic. He falls off a broken ladder trying to reach the light. Um, and in the dark, he turns toward this kind of crackling noise, which is another um, very characteristic sound used in these movies. But it's also um, something we hear in a lot of um 
I don't know if it's all horror or if it's really James Wan because we hear it in like in Annabelle. Mm-hmm. Um, the creature in Annabelle emits this. It's like a like bones or joints cracking or crackling, but it sounds kind of like twigs breaking too. Mm-hmm. But it's a very upsetting sound. Yeah, you're like nothing should be making random weird crickly crickly crackly sounds. Um, no, and so Dalton turns toward that noise. It's emitted by something unseen, and then all of a sudden his parents are racing to the sound of his screams up in the attic. They decide that he's unharmed and they put him to bed. Um, but the next morning, Josh tries to wake Dalton up and he can't. So we cut to the hospital where the doctor is telling them that he's never seen anything like this. There's nothing at all wrong with Dalton and they can't. They've done all these tests. Um, nothing is coming up, but he is in a coma. Um, and before we know it, it's three months later and he's still in a coma. So they're moving him home to be cared for there because there's just nothing to be done for him mm-hmm. in the hospital. So um, an exhausted Renee is still trying to compose until she hears whispers um, coming from Callie's baby monitor. Um, and she's just kind of she gets up and she's walking to the bottom of the stairs, kind of listening like, what is, is this static? Is this what is this? And suddenly the whispers become this startling shout and she races up to the bedroom um, to the crying Callie. But there's no one there. Yeah. Um, and, and those baby monitors for people who aren't parents. Sometimes they pick up other frequencies. Exactly. So They're just not, using a radio f- right. frequency. So, so sometimes you're like, what is that? Is that the uh, neighbor? Is yeah, that? Well, right. back when people had cordless phones, too. Right. Like, they all used a lot of the same frequencies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, there's whispers on this. It absolutely means there's someone in there's the baby's room. There's definitely demons or ghosts. It's absolutely demons. <laughs> Always demons. Um So that evening, Renee's putting Foster to bed and he asks her if he can change rooms because he doesn't like it when Dalton walks around at night. And I put, what the fuck? (laughs) Because that's what you want to hear your son saying about your other son who's been in a coma for three Mm -hmm. months. Yeah. Victor says the same thing about me when I walk around in my sleep at night. He's He's like, well, you just... I marry you, but I don't like it that you walk around at night. (laughs) Could we do something about that, please? I wish I was joking. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awful. <laughs> so later that um, night, Renee is telling Josh about the disturbances that afternoon went and they're up in their bedroom. Um, someone bangs on the front door. Josh goes down and checks, but no one's there. He puts the chain on the door and sets the security alarm. Um, and then back upstairs, Callie starts crying. So Renee goes to her room and she sees this ghoul faced man standing behind this like the like gauzy canopy of the crib. Um and Wearing, the, like, all black. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so scary. the revelation of the man is, like, accompanied by this really, like, loud, almost, like, percussive-type sound effect. Um, and that's another thing they use a lot in these, like, startling moments or these moments when things appear or revealed mm-hmm. um, in these movies that, like, really... I it's They're not really... I mean, I guess they're jump scares. I get, guess they qualify as jump scares. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. adding the audio to the visual, like, you know, definitely makes them more effective. Um and so, yeah, so the character, um, I mentioned him when we did Insidious. Like, it, it's, I, I kind of think of the two, like, he's got, like, this long, greasy black hair, this white face mm-hmm. um, that's almost, like, kind of featureless-ish. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, a big man in, like, dark clothing. Yeah, he's also um, an actor who was in Saw, or one of the Saw oh, really? Because one of the guys, late, I can't remember his name. Oop, I just hit my door. Um let me see. He plays Specs in the movie. Oh, he, he's the one that, that created everything. Yeah, he created yeah. everything. But um, no, it's not Lillian. What's his name? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, darn. Well, I'll think of it later. So, yeah. anyway, um, oh, Lee, Lee Winnell. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that's another connection to Saw because he wrote Saw too. So. Yeah, and well, yeah. and clearly he works well with James Wan. Since sure. That's, those yeah, are both his go. projects too. Um, okay, so not uh, we see this really frightening guy like kind of lurking in the corner of Callie's room around your baby, which around is your baby, not what you want to see. Um, but moments later, um, Josh is there um, and can't find any sign of anyone. But then suddenly the house alarm goes off and starts shrieking. So Josh runs back downstairs and finds the front door standing wide open with the chain swinging. Mm-hmm. Um, so he silences the alarm and searches the house but finds nothing. Uh, mid-search, the alarm go- starts going off again. And he goes back to silence it again and closes the door this time. Like yeah. the first time, he turns off the alarm but doesn't close the door before he starts walking through the house. He's just a silly Billy. I mean, come uh, on, Josh. Can I Josh. also comment on, I mean, for those who've never seen this movie, I mean, 
most of our listeners probably have, but this is a, uh, a house that's not in the middle of nowhere. And it's, it's like it's a, a sub- suburban suburbia. Los yeah. Angeles home. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's like it's, set back from the street. It's not right up against its neighbors, but there's no ha- right. other houses all around. Yeah, it's not like totally isolated. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that someone would be like messing with them. But right. also ding dong. We, we yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we all know what's going on. You know, yeah. something horrible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, next scene, Josh is staying late in school because he's a teacher. And one of the little Easter eggs that um, I don't know if I ever noticed before I read about it is that when he's sitting at his desk with the chalkboard behind him, there's a little doodle of Jigsaw on oh, the yeah. chalkboard. Um, so while he's at his desk and kind of, you know, zoning out, he has this flashback to the image of the boy from the beginning that we saw in the bed. Um, and he seems puzzled by the memory. So we're like, oh, that was him. OK, but mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, the next day, Renee is fixing the sheets on Dalton's bed and finds a bloody print of a giant clawed hand on the sheet at his feet. Um, and that night when Josh returns home from yet another late night at school, they argue. And in the end of the argument, Renee throws the bloody sheet at him and is like, deal with that. Um, is, is he a professor? No, it's just or like a high school teacher. How? Sorry. I'm like, this is out of the realm of possibilities. Like I can take demons and like, yeah, sure. But like a high school teacher buying a house in Los Angeles and multiple your, your over wife and over again as a musician. No. Yeah. No. Sorry. No. Um, well, and also what's um, really <laughs> off is that he's like getting home at like 1030. Yeah. That's what what, I'm what teacher stays at school that late? Like, how does she not think he's having an affair? Yeah, that's wild. I don't you're done at like I mean, you are never done. You're working. Right. But like, but you don't, don't stay, you don't stay at school late. to do stuff that way. Yeah. OK. So anyway, anyway. so um, she's like, take take the sheets and yeah. see what the heck's going on. She's Because I mean, like this is this is all a heaping pile of bullshit for her as the to wife. Like their yeah. son, yeah. one son is in a coma. She's there's all these beings. There's all these. And he's just all of a sudden absent. Life is hard enough with a baby already. For and two real. boys. And then add one in a coma and then ghosts. Yeah. Demons. And now bloody handprints on the sheets. And bloody handprints. No for thanks. the love of God, give this woman some help. Right. Um, so that night she awakens from a nightmare screaming, um, and she's alone in bed cause Josh, you know, he's in the doghouse, So he's down on the sofa. Um, and as she calms down, uh, we see over, uh, over her shoulder kind of, um, and then she sees in her peripheral vision, someone pacing back and forth outside the French doors of their bedroom onto the balcony, yeah. just like thump, 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 like really aggressively and quickly back and forth past these doors. And she's like frozen, just Mm -hmm. like the look on her face, completely terrified. Um, And in this like choked voice, she starts to call for Josh, but like kind of quietly. And then the being, you know, like stomps out of frame. And then suddenly when he stomps back in the other direction, he's inside the room Mm -hmm. instead of outside the doors and like his head you know, lashes around at her and it's the same ghoul-faced man um, from Callie's room earlier and he lunges for her and attacks her. Um, Josh runs upstairs to her screams and of course, no one is there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's like, you think I'm crazy? You think I'm crazy? And she's so terrified. um, And so the family decides to move naturally because the the problem is the house. Mm -hmm. So cut to their new house. Renee's unpacking again. And they they make sure to say it's like a brand new built house. Oh yeah, spanking new. new house. Yeah. No, no bad you do. Unless it's poltergeist situation if there's a graveyard under. Well, you gotta always consider that. Yeah, yeah. Now we're all ruined that we think there's a graveyard under us. Um, Anyway, so uh, Renee's unpacking is with the help of Josh's mom, Lorraine. Um, She comes across, Lorraine comes across a framed family picture and says kind of quite like almost to herself, she goes, I can't believe you got Josh to hold still for a photo. So there's this, again, this reference of Josh in pictures and something weird there. avoided or avoids cameras. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, now Lorraine's gone. Renee turns on um, a record. It's kind of soothing music playing and the camera follows her through the house while she's tidying up. And as she passes through the laundry room, sharp eyes would catch that there is a small boy in like newsy garb facing the wall in the corner of the laundry room and she just like walks right past you're like wait what did you see that (laughs) um so she steps out of the house into the alley to put the trash in the can um and there's like this literal record scratch and the music changes to tiny tim's tiptoe through the tulips right the classic ukulele jam (laughs) (laughs) so upsetting it was upsetting even before they used them in these movies we already hated it to begin with. Uh, 
Um, and so she she's walking back from the trash can and looks in through the window and she sees little newsy boy like dancing to the music in the living like he's getting down to he his tiny jam- tune. He's just jamming. He's just, just doing a little jig, like a little bouncy bounce. Um, and uh, but he soon disappears and she's back inside. She's she like, searches the house for the him. She's like, hell? "Are you serious right now?" Yeah. <laughs> um. So as she's searching the house, doors swing, rocking horses rock. She hears laughter and running feet. Finally, she finds the boy hiding in an armoire in Dalton's room, and he runs off. Um. And she's like, "Okay, what is up with all this bullshit? Like nothing this is has a changed. New house. Yeah. Everything's." There's no, like, reprieve from what's been happening. No. Yeah. So she's having a little sit down with Josh and Lorraine um, around the table later, um, and she tells them that she is still experiencing the same disturbances. Josh is being pretty unhelpful um, until Lorraine backs Renee up. She says that she dreamt that she saw a presence in Dalton's room um, and that the presence told her that it wanted Dalton. And as she's completing her story, she looks up at Josh and sees over his shoulder the face of what they named the Lipstick Demon, mm-hmm. which I didn't only found out recently that that's the name like the film kind of gave them. They don't use the name in the film at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's like Darth Maul meets the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Um, he's like it got the goat hooves and the long tail, but his face is that like red and black modeled pattern. Um, and that's a really like memorable jump scare yeah. from from this first movie is like yeah. he's behind Josh. You can only see like half of his face next to Josh's face. Mm-hmm. And Lorraine looks up and sees that and loses her shit yeah. all and over the like place. There's like a black canvas right behind. So his red, bright red face is like is perfectly framed right yeah. behind Josh's face. So it was just amazing and such a great scene. Yeah, perfectly done. Um, and so, you know, she's freaking out and suddenly they hear a ruckus from Dalton's room. They find it turned upside down and Dalton's laying on the floor. Um, so like things are now like, okay, some shit's happening. We're all in agreement. And Lorraine tells them that she knows someone who can help. Um, so next, Josh and Renee are being visited by our two guys, Specs and Tucker. So Specs is played by Lee Winnell, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the guy that we were just mentioning that wrote it and um, wrote and produced, like, I don't know of every single one, but has just been very integral in all of the Insidious movies. Mm-hmm. And, so, and the and Saw franchise, too. And um, which is so, funny because... So creative. Yeah. yeah, he's just, like, this very vanilla-looking guy, like, and his character <laughs> in the movies is super vanilla. And then you're like, oh, you created this shit? Like, what the hell? I mean, Stephen King's just, like, a dude with glasses. He looks a little bit scary, kind yeah, of, you, in his yeah. older age. But, like, who could think that he That's could just true. come That's true. When he was young, he, prob- he looked pretty innocuous. He just looked like a normal dude. So, um, but these guys, uh, you know, are here to kind of evaluate the house. Mm -hmm. Um, They use these homemade devices um, to look around and investigate. And Tucker observes two ghost girls through his viewfinder. And so he says to Specs that they can call Elise now. You're like, oh, okay, it's time to call Elise. Mm -hmm. So Elise arrives. And of course, Elise is Lynn Shay. She tells Josh that she's known his mother for a long time. um, And she's going through the house and in Dalton's room in a corner of the ceiling that is empty to everyone else she sees and describes for specs an entity which he sketches and when they all see it is clearly the lipstick demon mm-hmm. can i also comment on um elaine how she's very she's not the type that you would think oh obviously she's a psychic she's wearing like these you know Grandma. pastel kind yeah. of clothes she's like hi how's, how are you i'm so happy to see you and and then she's like oh i just see a little demon right there and you're like what it She's just so innocuous and yeah, perfectly cast. Yeah, so yeah. so casual and kind and friendly and warm. Exactly what you want yeah. in your psychic, right? And so you don't think um, spooky psychic, right? Yeah, no, she's not like all goth. <laughs> no, no. So I love her so much. Anyway, yeah. I just wanted to say that really quickly. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's I never really thought about the the contrast between her persona and her mm-hmm. character, and then what her character does. Mm-hmm. That there's a little bit of contrast there that you don't yeah. usually see. It's very, very serious, but she looks like she's wearing just, she went to Chico's, had a nice yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. She's got her, her slacks and her yes. sweater set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. she's sweet. Um, 
Okay, so um, Elise uh, explains to the family that Dalton is what she calls a traveler, that he's able to astral project in his sleep, um, and he's traveled too far from his body and become lost in what she calls the further, um, which is a dimension far beyond our own, but is all around us, as she describes it. She says that entities are trying to cross over into his empty body. All the things that Renee has seen and also the lipstick demon are all like competing for this empty vessel that Dalton has left behind. Because um, they want to come back into yeah. the real world and be yeah. alive. Yeah, like the ghosts want to live again. But she says that like, you know, then there's the demons that just want to use his vessel to do harm. That's actually when she drops the like t- the title when she's like, they have an insidious agenda. Mm-hmm. Um. So she says that they need to reunite Dalton with his body. So his like astral form and his physical body need to be reunited before the demon can possess him. Um, And Josh totally rejects the support that Elise is offering. um, And, you know, is like, look, okay, I listened. I agreed to have her come here, but this is just crazy. You're taking advantage of a family that's suffering, blah, blah, blah. Um, But that night he's in Dalton's bedroom and he looks at Dalton's like crayon drawings that are all over the wall um, with new eyes and starts to see elements in those drawings that align with everything that's been going on Um, and he begins to believe what Elise had said Mm -hmm. had told them yeah some of them were like little drawings he's like then I flew away yeah I watched myself sleep so like before it just looked totally benign yeah and now you're like oh wait a little context (laughs) yeah Um, So Josh agrees to Elise's plan um, and they do a sort of seance. Um, Elise is wearing like like a World War Two gas mask style, Mm -hmm. like creepy ass thing. Um, She's trying to contact Dalton's spirit and summon him back. She does talk to him, but she also talks to the lipstick demon who gets hella pissed. Um, We've got lights flashing. There's objects flying around. Dalton himself leaves his bed, turns over the table. Then suddenly, like the ghoul faced man shows up and tries to lick Renee's face off. Like, it's chaos. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And as Dalton's continuing to attack them, but Elise takes a hold of him and screams, leave this vessel! So, like, Mm -hmm. a little mini exorcism she's Mm -hmm. got going on. And the disturbance ends. Um, Though Dalton is still in his coma. Um, And then afterward, when they're all, like, kind of recovering, Tucker finds on the video that he took that you can actually see the lipstick demon standing behind Dalton and moving his body while Dalton attacked them. Mm -hmm. So the lipstick demon was, like, manipulating Dalton's physical body. Yeah. Yeah. So um, soon Lorraine shows up at the house um, because Elise is saying it's time to it's time that Josh was told the truth. We're like, oh, there's truth to be told. It's truth telling Mm -hmm. time. Um, The reason Elise knows Lorraine was because Lorraine had called Elise to help Josh when he was a child. Mm hmm. Um, Elise tells Josh that Dalton has inherited his traveling skill from Josh. And when Josh was young, he was being pursued by an old woman spirit that started showing up in the photos that Lorraine would take of him. So Elise and Lorraine, when Josh was little, solved the problem by hypnotizing him and suppressing his traveling behavior. So he has no memory of it, but he still unconsciously avoids having his picture taken. So that's what all that foreshadowing about the photos was about. Right. And Um, you can see... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I won't go into it. We can talk about it later. Yeah, well, that's the thing like that. I'm, I'm trying to spare Try details where I yeah, can. Yeah. And that's also something that comes up in the second movie a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the solution now is for Josh to astral project and go get Dalton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, go. So Elise hypnotizes Josh, sends him into the further to find Dalton. He's in this like bluish green misty dimension. He heads out their front door and wanders with this lantern until he comes upon his childhood self uh, who points adult Josh to their old house. So Josh and Renee's old house where the movie began. Um, inside, he observes several apparitions that, I mean, they all are just ignoring his presence. They're not threatening or attacking him. Um, and some are like mannequins who change positions in his absence. That's what I love. Like, I didn't describe it in detail, the whole family annihilator setting where mm-hmm. first he comes across it and it's like dad and daughter sitting on the sofa and mom is ironing, but they're just standing there like mannequins. Mm-hmm. And then Josh walks to another room and sees another daughter sitting there with a shotgun. And then he, but she's not moving. And then he walks walks out and then he hears shotgun blasts and when he returns to the living room the daughter with the shotgun has killed the other three family but they're still just mannequins they all look like very like marionettes yes that's kind of yeah yeah like um the women have like really really like spider eyelash Mm -hmm. type things going on and their their smiles are just like insane like yeah like really uh yeah, it made me think of the smiles in that movie Smile, where yeah. they're just like, ooh, smile, like not natural, very, 
very unsettling and yeah. creepy. Well, and it's impressive to like, um, you know, create something that creepy where there's he's not being threatened. They're not even moving. Mm-hmm. Like he sees them, like one of them blink or something, and then obviously they're changing positions. Mm-hmm. But he's not being attacked, and these aren't jump scares. But that's still like you know, it's that tension. Like you don't know if they're going to move, or you don't know what's going to happen, or what they're going to mm-hmm. do. Um, so it's still really scary. Um, so finally, all the way back up in the attic, he finds a red door, like in one of Dalton's drawings. Um, he's attacked by the ghoul face man suddenly. Um, but harnessing the strength of his life force, uh, Josh defeats him. Yeah, yeah. Elise is like calling to him, like, you are stronger than them. You are the one that is alive. Um, and so he uh, overcomes the ghoul face man. He goes through the red door, down a red hall. He finds the lipstick demon's lair where Dalton is chained up. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, So as Josh is struggling to free Dalton, they both notice the demon up in his little, I don't know, um, it's like a a sewing room in an attic. He's just living his best life. Yeah. I mean, listening listening to to his tiny Tim. And he's got his little hoof. He's sharpening his little, um, (laughs) is he, he, uh. Uh, that's what he said listening to his tiny tim and sharpening his metal claws um so josh gets dalton free but suddenly the demon sees them and attacks josh so they both um run away back through the house and out into the mist um, but they're surrounded by all the gathering entities and they can't find their way back until they're able to follow renee's voice so elise Mm -hmm. has renee call out to them from the real world and they hear her voice and use it to get back home um back in uh, the real dimension, while everybody's just waiting, the rest of them start to see the apparitions, too, around the house, while Josh and Dalton are racing back to their physical bodies. Um, Dalton is being chased by the lipstick demon, trying to get to his body, while Josh, meanwhile, is meeting up with his old friend, the old lady, from his childhood. Um, but it seems like he drives her back. He's, like, shouting at her to leave him alone and leave him alone. And um, we think, okay, they both get successfully back in their bodies and relief is felt all around. Yay, happy. Happy oh, time. Oh, he saved him. It's all good. Everybody's back. No empty vessels around here. Right. Be, be gone, ghosts and demons. Um, in the last act, however, uh, Josh and Elise are alone in the living room and Josh is handing Elise the childhood photos of him and suddenly she freezes. Um, Because their fingers touch. Well. Right? She, um... She puts on a face that, like, everything's okay, but she kind of slyly picks up a camera and takes his photo. Um, We don't see the image that comes up on the camera, but whatever it is horrifies her. And in response, Josh attacks her in this fury and strangles her to death. Um, So hearing the ruckus from the kitchen, Renee comes out and finds Elisa's dead body in the living room, but Josh is not there. Uh, Renee picks up the camera um, and looks and sees this final image and is also horrified. And in that moment, we go back and replay Elise's final moments um, where we see that when she um, when she took Josh, the pictures from Josh, he had like this zombie hand, like it was an old withered gray hand, um, like not obviously his living hand. And that's what Elise saw because she has, you know, her her extrasensory perceptions. Um, And so when she observes that hand, um, she gets the camera, takes the photo, and in the um, camera image, it reveals to Elise that he was, in fact, possessed by the old lady spirit, because in the camera image, it was the old lady, not Josh, in the photo. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, we're like, okay, so that's that's why he attacked and killed her, because she found out that he wasn't Josh, that he was this old lady. Mm -hmm. Um, So Renee is holding the camera, looking at the picture, and we hear Josh's voice say, Renee, I'm right here. And his hand lands on her shoulder and and she's turning around and looks and like gasps before the the movie cuts to black. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once more, we get the screeching strings over the bold title card insidious before the actual closing credits begin. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a cliffhanger ending. Yeah. It's like, ding, ding. Like, well, I'm sure everything was fine. Yeah, and there's me sitting alone in the theater just freaked the fuck out. But did you think it was scary? Um, hello. Yes. <laughs> hello. Yeah, I mean, it was so, it was so smart, and it was just terrifying, and, and it was only, I mean, I think this is PG-13, right? Yeah. So I didn't go into it being like, I'm going to be horrified. And then it was like a The Ring situation where yeah, I came saw out of The nowhere. Ring and I was like, ah, like, oh my God, this is terrifying. I just, it's so smart and just so well done. And I love all of the characters, amazing casting, 
the writing was fantastic. Uh, I, I love the random creepy little boy running around with a newsboy <laughs> hat. Or, yeah. And then the, the demon listening to Tiny Tim. And he's like, ah! <laughs> like, what a random best. selection. I but it's it so was hard. perfect. Yeah, just like, ugh, stomachache. I don't, sorry for avid Tiny Tim fans. <laughs> They're like, I fall asleep <laughs> listening <laughs> to Tiny Tim. <laughs> you. But also he was just, you know, jamming, living his best de- demon little newsy. life. Uh, and, um, yeah, and I love the, uh, how Josh had a past that he wasn't aware of, Mm -hmm. and he, uh, kind of passed on this, this future for his son and didn't realize it. And I love that he was a doubter. Yeah, total skeptic. This is all nonsense, because he's an academic. Mm -hmm. So, and then later you're like, no, no, you were, you were just like fucked up. Did you not realize this? <laughs> You're actually the problem. Al- this is all like, your fault. Dude, I know you from a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I love that they moved to a brand new house, that the problems still happen. Mm-hmm. It's not the same old, same old, a scary, you know, a haunted house thing. Right. It's, you know, a person that was haunted. And it wasn't really even a possession. It was trying to possess. Right. So I thought that was really fun, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't bring in priests. They didn't bring in anyone to religion, really. To well, Renee did invite that priest in. Like, he was there for, like, one quick second. Um, oh. When, like, Josh comes home and he's like, I feel like this is the beginning of a bad joke. A man comes home to find his wife with a priest. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and then he's like, oh, see you later. And so I kind of, honestly, I kind of forgot he was there. But um, I don't even think he had any lines. He was no, just like in there and then like, he left. Well, I'll see you. Bye. <laughs> Power Christ compels you. I'll get out right, of here. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know the line. Just keep yelling that at yeah. people and it'll, it'll work eventually. <laughs> but, um I thought it was amazing, and I have a few little tidbits, but nothing nothing wild. It's just I thought that uh, it was really cool that the movie was shot in three weeks. Yeah, that's impressive. Which is insane. Uh, it was also really interesting to me because I love, um, and I was talking about this last night, about how Patrick Wilson is Josh, mm-hmm. and he's also in The Conjuring, Conjuring as well. Movies, yeah. So, And I was talking to someone, and they're like, all those movies are like the same. I'm like, well... The same actor yeah. makes it confusing. But he's a really different guy between the two of them. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like they make Ed Warren like everybody's like dream boat, best possible dad, dream husband, whatever. And Josh is kind of a piece of shit. Like not not <laughs> not initially, but as the story continues, you're not a big fan of Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I just also want to say that Ethan Hawke was going to... He, he, they kind of, uh, he turned down the role. Oh, for Insidious. To, yeah. And, Insidious, okay. and then later did uh, Sinister, uh-huh. which I thought was, you know, it's, it's interesting to see who almost plays. Yeah. Uh, and you can never movies. imagine it with the person that didn't get cast, but exactly. that's just because they're not the one that made it. Right. And you're like, well, they're scheduling, there's people who want to do it or not. And yeah. there's so many like factors. And yeah. so, that's why yeah. it's so like random how some Hollywood careers end up being made just by total chance. Yes, exactly. And I also love that Lynn Shea was in uh, The High School Teacher in Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And, we, uh, and we also know she's in Something About Mary. She has such a wide range. Yeah. She was and, in another um, fairly... Oh, she was in Kingpin. Yeah. yeah. And she's so... Like, she could be, like, horrible. And she's so funny. And, and like, and lovable. And, and lovable. Yeah. And she just has such a range. I love her so much. And uh, one more quick little thing. Um, there was a little bit of a homage to Poltergeist when they kind of... They had the inter- encounters, and I can't remember if it was Specs or the other, or uh, Tucker. They put their head down on the counter. And, and he's it got was just, steak on it. Yeah, and it was just totally, like, a little, it was a little nod. Yeah. An Easter egg. If you're a fan of horror, then you're like, oh, that's really cool, you guys. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really fun. But, um, I mean, I love this movie. Yeah. So, I don't have much more to, I mean, I can gush about this movie a lot, a lot. So, did you think it was scary? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even now, um watching this. So I wrote this recap last night. Um, I was the Grace was the only other person home and she was downstairs in her room. So I was essentially like, you know, feeling like I was in an empty house. It was dark. Um, And then, you know, so when I'd like go down the hall or go to the kitchen or something like I still get legitimately creeped out if I'm watching this movie and it's and it's nighttime, basically, and there's no one around. Yeah. Um, And uh, I can't remember 
um, very, I mean, I have a little bit of a memory of seeing it in the theater, um, but I think I was just kind of blown away. It was like one of those stunned moments. Like you were saying, if you don't, you didn't go into it necessarily expecting to be that scared. Mm -hmm. And then when it's done, you're like, what just happened to me? (laughs) Like that was, I had no idea that was my day to day. Like that's what was coming. Um, but it is. And it's it's so impressive to me when you see a movie like this um, manage to be so scary without using some of the um, elements that are so calm. Like the, there is no gore. There's no um, there's no real there's not a lot of physical violence. There's no people aren't like harmed or injured. It really <coughs> is just um like your mental experience, just the characters experiencing fear and they present it in a way where you experience that fear with them. Exactly. And and, and, and they're like off put mm-hmm. and you're being off put with them. Yeah. And they don't know how to handle it. They don't know what to do. Like it's out, it's outside of their control. They can't keep themselves or their family safe. And they're just kind of at sea and bewildered and fearful. And the characters and um, the setting and everything is developed in such a way that you are in there with them. Mm-hmm. Like you're experiencing it too. Because like like you said, you know, we for example, with Evil Dead Rise, like that was gory as hell. Mm-hmm. Like and some like movies that are scary, it's like the the violence or the physical attacks or things like that is a source of that fear. But this is none of that. Mm-hmm. It really is just the the unknown, the uncertainty, um, and it's just inescapable. Like, it's just, they can't do anything about it. They can't get away from it, and they don't understand what's happening. Yes. And it and there's no escape. Yeah. You know, unless you want to, you know, a stranger child. Be like, I'm done. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> peace out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's terrifying. It's absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying. Yes. I'm a fan. I am such a fan. I love it so much. I have a really hard time saying which I like better, the Conjuring movies or the Insidious movies. They bring so much different to, I mean, different parts to the table. But it's like they, the thing, they're excellent in some of the same ways mm-hmm. in terms of how scary they are and how they take you on the ride. But the ride itself, is, like you say, it's very different. And so it's like, I think that what you see in the similarities is is James Wan's talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and his like it, he can take those different stories or those different settings and different characters and still give you that really really scary experience. Yeah, definitely. I I, I yeah. If anyone hasn't seen it, definitely. I mean, I mean, we. I mean, I just told you everything that happens, but well, that's okay. See watch it anyway. It anyway. Watch yeah. it anyway. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch Tiny Tim with the demon, just like living his best life in his craft room. Yeah, um, and and just you know really enjoy it. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, and so uh, the other thing that we're um, going to touch on um, with this episode, but not as in as much detail as the first one, is the, the second movie, Insidious 2. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why we're going to go into a little less detail, partly because we didn't want to make this a four-episode project, um, but also uh, Insidious 2 is not Meredith's favorite. <laughs> And I'm not like that. No, I'm not throwing no, you under the bus really. or anything That's because fine. I do agree that it is the worst of the four movies. But just uh-huh. like I was saying earlier today when we were at the theater, that it's like it's not the worst because it's bad. It's the worst because the other three are just better. Right. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the I mean, you can if we talk about it, but yeah. it, it's it does provide a lot of context for Josh's backstory and. Mm-hmm how he got into this predicament in the first place mm-hmm. and um, Elaine's history. Elise. Or excuse me, Elise's history with the family as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are fun. Some of it was just like, I don't know, bored or... Mm. Okay, it, it felt a little laborious. Yes. Like, like it, it was it was limping along at parts. We were like, were where parts, are we going now? I would say like half of the movie is excellent. And the other half, I'm just like, oh, just, yeah. okay, whatever, just move on. Uh, yeah, so generally, like, it picks up right where the first one left off, and we we know that Josh is possessed by the old lady. Uh, I could start calling her the woman in black. Um, they call her the... Brian the, in black, Yeah, right? they call... That... that um, yeah, they call her both kinds of things, um, depending on, like, at what point in the movie when they find more information about her. Um, but uh, Renee doesn't really know what's good, because all she saw on the camera was a picture of... 
the woman in black. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like she would ne- she didn't know that Elise was taking a picture of Josh when she took that picture. She has no way of knowing that. Mm-hmm. So it's not like seeing the picture. Like they kind of indicated at the end of the first one that seeing that picture, Elise knows Josh is possessed, but right. she doesn't. Um, but she's a little suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically, so their solution now is they move in with Lorraine, with Josh's mom, the whole family, um, in the in light of this, you know, Dalton's recovery, but Elisa's dead and everything. And um, the basically the infestation is continuing, mm-hmm. obviously, because Josh is is possessed. And so there's still that that link taking place. And so you have a, the same scary things happening to them in Lorraine's house, which is Josh's childhood home. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a really kind of fun but also a little ridiculous um, throwback scene of when Elise first visited them when Josh was a kid mm-hmm. and the thing that threw me a little bit is they they found an actress that looked like she could very much be a young version of Lynn Shay um, and then they had Lynn Shay dub her voice yeah it threw me off a lot so it was like literally actually Lynn Shay's voice being you know lip synced by this other younger actress mm-hmm. so it's like I mean did you need to do that I don't think you needed to do that and mm-hmm. it does throw you a little bit because you're like that's her voice but that's not her yeah and so it, I think it takes you out of that scene a tiny bit mm-hmm. um, but it's basically Elise's visit um, to young Josh and um that and I, it's a pretty scary scene, so I think it had potential to be even scarier mm-hmm. um, yeah. if, if that element hadn't been going on. And you also meet um, another guy who is like also a psychic-ish type work person in the in the business with Elise. Yeah. and he uses like dice. To yeah, he throws his dice um, to like. speak to the spirits. Yeah, it's so a weird. Hokey. Whatever. Um, okay. And so. Basically, but in um, like the current time, Elisa's dead, and so they're turn. They end up turning to this other guy, Elisa's old colleague, um, for the support that they need, and they put together that they start finding out who the woman in black is. Turns out that um, it was a boy, a, a man named Parker Crane, who, as a boy, his mom was abusive to him. She wanted a daughter, and so she made him pretend to be a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the part where he like she's showing him a drawing that he had done and he signed it Parker mm-hmm. and she's showing she's like, that is not your name. And she goes, your name is Marilyn. <laughs> and he's like sitting this little boy sitting there in a dress like, oh, my God, I'm a boy. Um so obviously he has this abusive experience as a childhood. He grows up and he starts murdering women, but he dresses up in this black wedding gown and veil to kill them. And so the newspapers, when he's this active serial killer, call him, yeah, like the bride in black or the black bride or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he is hospitalized and um, as an elderly man and um, Lorraine worked as a nurse when Mm -hmm. she was when Josh was younger and so she knew him in that capacity yeah I think she's a doctor um she was his doctor yes Mm -hmm. you're right she had a lab coat on not scrubs Mm -hmm. um you're Mm -hmm. right so she um but then basically Parker Crane dies Mm -hmm. and so that's why I think he, he he meets Josh in passing one time at the hospital when Josh is there with Lorraine and so that's how you get that connection where then in death Parker Crane's spirit starts pursuing Josh yeah attaches to him right and so while Josh is like back at home, just like struggling with this possession, trying to reach out to his family. Like a lot of the, you find out that a lot of the um, disturbances in the house that the family are experiencing now is actually the real Josh. He's trapped in the further trying to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't know that because they don't know that the Josh that that is there isn't the real Josh. Um, And so, but then they start tracking down and figuring out this whole backstory about Parker Crane. Um, and it all comes down to them. Um, he's he's attacking the family. He's going to kill the whole family. And um, Dalton has to go back into the further to lead, um, like to save them all and lead and lead uh, further Josh back mm-hmm. to to Josh's body and uh, defeat the the woman in black or Parker Crane. And so it does. Um, it does go a little off the rails, but it does have some legitimately really, really scary moments. Like the one that I love is when they are in 
I guess it was Parker Crane's old house, which I love these houses. It was just like nobody ever did anything to it. It's still full of all of his stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, which included they found this like hidden room behind a bookshelf that was full of like the corpses of the women he killed that have just been like there forever. You can just believe that in Los Angeles where there's no housing crisis at all. They just leave this. Nobody ever would have explored the potential. Just like (laughs) hanging out. They're like, you know, the house smells really bad. We've never been able to sell it. Sure, it's fine. Um, But when they walk into that room and it almost looks like it's a chapel because there's like all of these benches that the bodies are sitting on and they're each draped in a sheet. So it's one of those settings where it's like you can't see what's under the sheet. You don't know if the sheet's going to move, but Uh it's just full the room is full of them Mm -hmm. and that scene I thought was really scary there were parts of it that I thought were really scary but overall it didn't flow the Uh -uh. story didn't flow like the rest of the movies in the franchise and so I think that's why it seems like it's not as good as the others yeah and there's a part where Dalton has to go into the further and he's like I'm just gonna do a little took little take a quick little nap go into the further I'm like what no you can just do that you're actively being pursued by your fake dad trying to murder you and you're like I'm just gonna like take a little little, (laughs) kids you know a little quick little snooze (laughs) I was like okay come on that's a little little silly you can believe all the rest of it but a child just going right to sleep is is beyond your ability pounding down the door yeah I was like ah no yeah yeah I don't know I, I just there are parts that I appreciated, like I mentioned. I really actually did enjoy the past. Uh, oh, yeah, with you know, Young Josh. Re- yeah, Young Josh and Revelation and him in the hospital and his mother um, being like, oh, Mr. Crane, why are you up? You know, and then they're like, he died. Yeah, you're like, why is the oh, patient from room whatever is, walking around? Yeah, why was he in the elevator with me? And and yeah, he had passed away. So that was your first little, ooh, this yeah. little scary. Uh, but then you see him and... Parker Crane too much and he's like I'm just gonna kill your whole family Ooh. and then and Josh is like no don't and I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> Josh is like oh no, oh, no. <laughs> and I would say like half the movie's kind of I'm like eh you know it's whatever it's not as strong to me as like we mentioned in the other yeah. movies and I really but. think it is the story mm-hmm. um, it was it was too fragmented it mm-hmm. went in too many different directions with like what Josh is going through, what happened in the past, the folding the past into the present. And then it's almost like the um, the rest of the group, like um, Specs and Tucker and Lorraine and and I can't I, the reason I didn't say it before, I can't remember his name of the other Lorraine's colleague, Ghost Hunter. Um, and they all just get knocked out. Everyone's knocked out. Yeah, but it's like they, um, <laughs> it's like they're like on a Scooby Doo mission to it made solve me think, this. Yes, and it made me think a little bit of uh, like Ghostbusters when then they go to the library and the librarian's like shh, <laughs> and they're like, "What's your plan?" And uh, Ray's like, uh, "Get her!" And they're like, "That's your plan. Get, get her. Get her!" And they all get like scream and they not you know knocked around and I'm like that that was exactly that was essentially what they all did with yeah. possessed Josh. They all got knocked out. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, that's a little, okay. Well, there were like, there were humorous elements too. I think that the Specs and Tucker characters provide, in all of these movies, provide that, like, the humor, it's not as much of a humor tension break as we talk about in some other movies, but it is there and it does, you know, kind of um, move the mood or, or um, depending on the setting, because like, I'm thinking of the moment when they're, Specs and Tucker in the van with the other psychic who is getting ready to go in and try and incapacitate Josh. Like mm-hmm. they've got a syringe of whatever to drug him. Uh-huh. Um, and Specs and Tucker are going to be in the van listening and they're like trying to come up with like a code word for if something goes wrong. And they're arguing over whether it should be like unicorn or quesadilla mm-hmm. and like which one you could more easily work into a sentence. He's like, it's lunchtime. I'm hungry. I'd like a quesadilla. <laughs> and so like their their characters are pretty funny. They're back and forth and because they bicker the whole time. Yeah, I love them. I love Tucker and Specs. So yeah. I'll watch them. Yeah. They're fun. And they're in all of them. Yes. So that's uh that that gives you because this is the la- um the last movie that uh or so far that Josh is in. The mm-hmm. next two, um, you know, uh, Elise, Tucker, and Specs are the the thread carrying um into the next two movies. We yes. leave the Lamberts behind. Right, yeah. Um I think that this a lot of this movie, why I find it not as scary as the others is because, like it always is, if I see too much of the the thing that they're combating or trying to, the entity or whatever, just yeah. like 
all in your face, I get kind of bored. Yeah. You're like, I could take that. I'm like, like, whatever. So everything that's like what you don't see is way more terrifying. Like the creakly cracking twiggy mm-hmm. stuff in the in the corner in the shadows. Yeah. And you see like a little entity running back and forth and it's a page boy, little boy. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> ah! But you don't get to see it. Really? Mm-hmm. All that. So you're like, ah, oh. You know, it's way more scary than someone in your face like, I'm going to kill you. And yeah. you're like, okay, well, whatever, don't. <laughs> you're like, fine or do, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even really care. That's how disinterested I now am in this story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. that's that's Insidious Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in terms of both of them, for Parent Corner. So mm-hmm. I can say, like, as far as Grace's, so she's seen all of these movies. Um, she saw them probably around 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they are, I think, all PG-13. There's no swearing or sex or nudity or blood or gore or anything. But they're really, really scary. Mm-hmm. And so we said this about The Conjuring, too, that just because there's nothing in them that's, like, inappropriate for a young child, they are not for horror and newbie children because they are really, really scary. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of... Um nightmare fuel yes if absolutely not used to yeah they would linger stuff. they would yes. definitely linger have either definitely. of your kids seen well Deke hasn't but no 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 but you know I think Charlotte would be I think she'd like the first one I, she might think the second one's kind of boring like me because you would project on her you'd be like oh I don't even know if you want to watch this one no, it's so I would, lame I will, I, will, I will keep quiet I would want to <laughs> see what she has to say but a lot of her opinions honestly she'll be like eh, it's kind of boring and I'd be like oh, Thank you. <laughs> you're absolutely right, oh, you brilliant yeah. child. You're so brilliant. It's like you're my child. Um, <laughs> you're wise beyond your years. <laughs> and did I mention beautiful? <laughs> you're, so, you're amazing. But I would show him to her if she asked yeah. to watch it. She's or seen I, some other I, stuff at this point mm-hmm. that's that's in the same realm of scariness. I don't think that this yes. would top it. Yeah, I think... And, and you know, I think that um, it's time to start showing her some James Wan. Yeah. I think she'd really like them. Yeah. So, and it's like, if you good, don't like his really style. really good storytelling. Yeah. And he's got, he's made a lot of movies. So if you like his style, there's a lot out there for you to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Saw. Um, no thanks. Yeah. Well, and we hated Malignant. <laughs> and you don't Sorry, like. I hated it so much. You don't like Dead Silence. But I, I really like no, Dead no. Silence. No, I've never seen it. That's oh, what really? I, mm-hmm. Oh, you gotta watch. I mean, you probably won't like it. But, um. <laughs> but it definitely... Uh, Look, I don't think I've ever seen it. It feels like him, but it's just a little bit hokier. The premise is hokier. It's mm-hmm. the ventriloquist demi yeah, uh, premise. Yeah. Um, but I love it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to watch it one day. Mm-hmm. Get a little, you're like, when I'm desperate, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to have something on while you're folding laundry. You know, just Truly, you know, truly. But because it's about with. silence, you do actually have to watch the scre- screen quite a bit because uh, that's the thing is it's uh, the silence. Fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> you're like, forget it. <laughs> forget it. I do want to make a quick recommendation. So the actress who plays young Lorraine, mm-hmm. she, um, I forget. Let me look at her. I was just looking her up really quick. You probably thought I was ignoring you. Maybe I was a little bit, but I was trying to figure out her name. Her name is Jocelyn Donahue, and she was in um, House of the Devil, which I, it's really a slow burn, weird movie, and mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. Uh, so that's one. And then the other part that I, I saw her in um, is, in, it's, I can't, I don't know what it's streaming on, but it's called Holidays, and it came out in 2016. And I think I showed you this segment. When we were all talking about, like, scary movies and things that we found, like, terrifying uh, for one of our book club nights. And we left mm-hmm. at, like, 2 in the morning. Or you guys left at 2 yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah. So that her segment was called Father's Day, where she's yes. wearing these headphones and she's trying to find her yeah. dad. And it's that was li- her? Yes. Oh, wow. So um, the whole, that whole, like, short, they're all shorts about different movies, and they're all directed by different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's, like, Kevin Smith, which is a little bit silly. This one is not directed by Kevin Smith. I can't recall who directed this one. But that one, it's just really good. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I recommend it if anyone wants to watch it. It's only, you know, 20, 30-minute investment, and um, it's just a fun, fun little thing to watch. And, and it's really off-putting. And you're just like, what you want. Just what you know. Fun like, little off-putting half hour. And it's scary. And you're like, ugh. But it, it felt like, um, if you watch, you know, Twilight Zone or oh yeah, like yeah, that, just kind of yeah. weird and ooh. But <laughs> I like her in House of the Devil, so I hope that 
you know, she makes more scary movies because she's she's great. So, and although she's yeah, in this, this too. was ten years ago, and yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. But um, but then there's also the new movie coming out too. So the new Insidious. Movie. Yeah. So um, basically, so these two, as you said, the first one came was released in 2011. The second one, I don't know if we said, was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our next episode, we'll continue. Meredith is going to take us on the journey of number three, which is her favorite, <laughs> and it it's so like much. tied for my favorite. It's <gasps> definitely a contender for the best in the series. Um, and then we'll also check in on number four in the next episode as well. And even though, like, I knew this and had read this and Meredith knew th- this, but we weren't thinking about it when we decided to do the Insidious episodes right now. But Insidious 5, The Red mm-hmm. Door, is coming out this summer. I'm so excited. Yeah, we just saw the trailer. I hadn't seen a trailer for it yet, but um, when um, at Evil Dead Rise this morning, they, they ran um, a trailer for it. And it's... Um, what I love, love, love about it is they have they have the same actors back. All the same that actors. That it's Patrick right Wilson, Roseburn, and Ty Simpkins is like his character is college age now. Yeah, he's going to college, and and, and it's like, yeah. but it's still Ty Simpkins. It's mm-hmm. not like a oh, this is grown up Dalton. Like no, that is Dalton. Like yes. this is how old he would be now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that just gives it, it, it. I don't know. It makes my my heart warm. Um, yes. that there's like that legitimacy of these people like because you feel like you went on this had this experience with these people and so even it, you know if the story continues if it gets recasted there's a little bit of a disconnect whereas mm-hmm. if it's actually the same actors I feel like you you carry so much of the emotional response you had to the original movie mm-hmm. through to the second one so it kind of hits the ground running although it's crap because Roseburn looks pretty much exactly the same I as know Tuck 10 her. 13 years ago it's gorgeous absolutely so gorgeous beautiful okay anyway <laughs> we're not bitter <laughs> no. no I love her I'm excited so I'm 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 waiting for summer. I'm excited about yeah, this. Yeah, I think it's, it was it in June out. or July that it... I don't remember. Yeah, but, but anyway, I'll be the there. Summer. We will be there. Yes. Hopefully so, with a big crew. Yes, totally. So watch three and four. Three and four. You know, just put it on, have a little fun little afternoon and watch them all. Make sure it's dark and you're paying attention because it's uh, worth the it. third one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so great. Um, so it was a good conversation yep. and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.